CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, columnist for Horns247.com, and my normally fearless co-host, the managing editor of Horns247, the one and only Taylor Estes, is a little under the weather. In fact, she's got a house full of family members, some of whom may be dealing with COVID, so um, we wish Taylor the best and her family the best as they struggle through this uh, difficult week. Uh, but as we know, college football is here, and so I will just try to occupy your your thoughts for a few minutes here, uh, because frankly, I'm I'm intrigued by just about everything having to do with this week for the Texas Longhorns from a new and expanded Bevo Boulevard, which will this year include a Ferris wheel zip lining and something called Big Beertha, which is apparently um, a cart full of beer taps that will come to you like the ice cream man used to come to your neighborhood. Uh, it's not going to have to go too far up and down Bevo Boulevard, um, but uh, because people will come running to it. But that's before we even get to the fact that fans are going to be back in the stadium. Players talked about that this week, that, man, there might be some nervousness seeing 100,000 fans in the, in the stadium again after having only 25% capacity last year. And oh, by the way, there's a new coach at Texas named Steve Sarkeesian, who has a defensive coordinator named Pete Kwiatkowski. And they're going to make their debut against a quality veteran, uh, number 23 ranked Louisiana team that is coached by Billy Napier, who was actually the receivers coach at Alabama when Steve Sarkeesian was an analyst there in 2016 in Tuscaloosa and they know each other well. And Billy Napier got interest from South Carolina and Auburn for their head coaching vacancies last year. And he stayed in Lafayette to keep coaching the raging Cajuns who have 20 starters um, or 20 uh, from their uh, 22 starters back this season, including eight super seniors, seniors who are playing a fifth year because of the COVID red shirt and a half dozen transfers, including John Stevens, a former receiver at TCU, who's six, five. And so you've got this sneaky good opponent. If you've been paying attention to the betting lines, the betting lines are all over the place. The betting lines that have been up all summer 
some of them have dropped from Texas by 14 to Texas by eight and a half. And, and Steve Sarkeesian said he's going to play both starting quarterback Hudson card, the redshirt freshman from Lake Travis, as well as redshirt junior Casey Thompson, who lit it up for Texas in the Alamo bowl last year in a 55 23 route of Colorado. And that's new for Sark. Sark has typically picked a quarterback and gone with him and sort of never looked back. If you go back to his decision to pick Matt Leinert over Matt Castle at USC in 2003, right after Carson Palmer won the Heisman Trophy at USC in 2002, they went with Leinert, never looked back. Matt Castle never started a game at USC at quarterback, of course, ended up being drafted in the seventh round by the New England Patriots and went on to a 14-year NFL career, including a Pro Bowl. But uh, Steve Sarkeesian said Monday he's going to start Hudson Card. He's going to play Casey Thompson. When? How often? He didn't say. He said it will be a feel thing. And he said we will reevaluate after game one. So he clearly wants to see because it was close and we've kept you abreast of everything going on in that quarterback battle all summer long. If you've been a faithful reader at horns 24 seven or a faithful listener to the flagship podcast, we told you that things changed after the August 14th scrimmage when Casey Thompson threw a couple of interceptions and struggled with interceptions early in camp, but then cleaned it up and finished camp really strong. And I think that's why Steve Sarkeesian has said, you know what? We're going to play them both. We'll see how they respond. He said, I'm excited to see these quarterbacks face some adversity and going up against a veteran Louisiana defense whose secondary is considered its strength, an opportunistic secondary, um, a three-three-five scheme. And, um, you know, these quarterbacks are going to have to make plays against that defense. Easier said than done. Um, this is a Louisiana team, remember, that opened last season by beating Iowa State in Ames 31-14. to And Billy Napier, after a 10-1 season, you would think, oh, man, the time is now to go grab a, a P5 head coaching job, especially when two schools in the SEC are, are knocking on your door, gauging your interest. But Billy Napier returned to Lafayette to coach this team, which is the team they're saying is the one uh, in, you know, in the last however many years in the Ragin' Cajun program. This is a program that also produced Jake DeLome. And that leads us to Levi Lewis, the Kyler Murray light uh, quarterback of the Sun Belt. He's 5'10", 190, maybe 5'10", listed at 5'10", can run around, averaged 6.1 yards per carry last year, has 54 touchdown passes and 14 interceptions in his Raging Cajun career and doesn't make mistakes, makes good decisions, 
And even though they lost two running backs, uh, Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis to the NFL, they have two young running backs who they are very excited about. A guy named Chris Smith, who returned a couple of kickoffs for touchdowns last year and is a threat on special teams. And Amani Bailey, a freshman, true freshman from Denton Ryan, who uh, has been compared to a bowling ball, but is incredibly, was com- incredibly productive in high school and who has come in and wowed the coaches, Billy Napier kind of going on and on about Imani Bailey in his uh, press conversations this week. So this is a, this is a challenge. And, and with Texas playing two quarterbacks and, and obviously trying to get rhythm, you've got a true freshman receiver in the in the starting lineup, we'll get to the Texas depth chart release here in a second, but Xavier worthy, it's exciting, right? It's exciting to see a freshman in the starting lineup, but it's also nerve wracking if you're a coach because true freshmen tend to make mistakes and, and you live with those when you have a talent in a speedster like worthy, who's run a 10, five, five, 100 in high school and has blown away his teammates with his um, you know, ability to digest the concepts of Steve Sarkeesian's offense while also catching footballs and running away from defenders. So it's, it's fascinating and there could be turbulence and love it or leave it. We'll get into how we see the game playing out, but let's get to the depth chart release this week. And if again, not to toot our own horn, but if you've been following along at horns 24 seven or listening to the flagship podcast, you weren't surprised by the starters in that depth chart, including Xavier worthy and including former walk-on Luke Brockermeyer at middle linebacker, Luke Brockermeyer, the, the son of former Texas offensive lineman, Blake Brockermeyer who is working as a college football analyst for 24 seven sports this season and is given out picks. Uh, and so check out, uh, go over to 24 seven sports and check out Blake Brockermeyer's week one picks. But you, if you've been following along at horns 24 seven, you're not surprised by the starters in the depth chart. And now when we start to look at the depth in the depth chart. Uh, you might have been surprised a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised to see Jared Wiley or Gunnar Helm as the backup to Cade Brewer at tight end. I've been reporting pretty consistently in the insider that you read at Horns 24 7 every Thursday morning that the coaches have been on Jared Wiley, who is a specimen at six foot seven, 251 pounds to be a more committed blocker. He's a former high school quarterback. He's a great athlete. He's got great hands, but he hasn't always been the committed blocker that even Tom Herman's staff wanted him to be at that size. And, and so Gunnar Helm 
in an or situation with Jared Wiley at tight end, a little bit of a surprise there. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a fascinating week. And of course, in the backdrop of everything going on is the fact that Texas is starting its potentially last season in the big 12. Maybe we'll see. I've said uh, Texas's move to the sec could come as quickly as 22, I think 23 at the latest. And so you've got all of the rancor brouhaha uh, hype noise surrounding this Texas program as it prepares to leave the big 12 and all the critics have said, Oh, and even a state lawmaker said, Oh, you'd rather lose to Alabama than TCU. Um, And everyone's getting their shots in. Right. But this week is enormous. And I've said that Texas getting off to a two and O start would be huge. And Texas fans should high five each other and, and pop champagne if that happens because of the quality of opponent, even though Texas is favored and everyone expects Texas to beat Louisiana and Arkansas on the road in week two, beating those teams would be significant when you're trying to establish rhythm and timing in a new offense, when you're trying to break in a defense, even though it's full of veteran players, but it is new concepts and everything is being battle tested this week for the first time. Now it could go great. It could go great. Steve Sarkeesian could pick up right where he left off minus the talent that he had at Alabama last year. But in terms of his feel, his ability to dial up plays at the right time, his ability to sort of, see what the Louisiana defense is doing and dial up the right plays accordingly. We know Sarkeesian wants to run the football that sets up his RPO run pass option and play action passing game. And the reason that Sarkeesian talks about concepts so much when he talks about his passing game is because you have to know what your route is doing to put the defender in conflict, truly into conflict. If you don't run your route at the right depth or at the right um, time, the defender isn't in conflict and the play breaks down. And so this is all new for this Texas offense. Jordan Whittington, Joshua Moore, Xavier Worthy are the, uh, are the starting receivers as we told you would be the case in the insider last week. And Oh, by the way, one other depth chart depth surprise, Calvante Dixon ahead of Troy O'Meary, who is not playing this week because of a knee strain. How about that? Calvante Dixon ahead of Troy O'Meary as the backups to Xavier worthy. And Calvante Dixon, who has now recovered from an ankle injury that sidelined him briefly during fall camp, 
is another guy I'm really excited to see because teammates have said what a strong camp he's had. Of course, Calvante Dixon, the brother of former Texas running back Keontae Ingram, and one of the fastest guys on the team. So interesting stuff. A whole bunch of excitement and newness to this Texas Longhorns football team making its debut at home in front of what is expected to be 100,000 fans and a Fox television audience with Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman on the call at 3.30 on Saturday. I'm fascinated. I can't get enough. All right, we'll take a break and we'll come back. We'll do some love it or leave it as we get into specific um, breakdowns of what I think is going to happen in this game. Again, Taylor Estes, uh, my fearless co-host and the managing editor of Horns 24-7. Under the weather this week, we wish her the best. And so we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. And don't forget, if you're not a member at Horns 24-7, um, get over to Horns 24-7, open any free story. There is a link in that story that will allow you to get 30% off annual membership. And that's the way to go so that you get access to all of the team sites on the preeminent 24-7 sports network. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Then make sure you subscribe to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel and you'll be dialed in as an insider following the Texas Longhorns and that's the only way to be. That's, that's what we're here for. It's what we do. So obviously I don't have Taylor to ask me the love it or leave it question. So I'm going to ask you and answer love it or leave it this week. Um, you know, you and you and me, us, we're going to do love it or leave it this week. And first and foremost, I'm going to ask you, special teams will play a primary role in the outcome of Saturday's game. I'm going to say I love that because I think it, it works for both teams. Uh, Chris Smith, who will be working as the running back for Louisiana, had a couple of kick returns for touchdowns last year. And, of course, Deshaun Jameson of Texas had that incredible 100-yard kick return against Oklahoma State that really turned that game and allowed Texas to come back and win that game in Stillwater in overtime. Texas's first win over a top 10 team on the road since 
beating Nebraska in 2010, I believe. So I think that special teams will play a significant factor, significant role in Saturday's game. And remember, Jeff Banks is the new special teams coordinator at Texas. Everywhere Jeff Banks has been, the special teams has gotten better. When he was at Texas A&M, they got better. When he was at Alabama, they got better. This is a guy who looks at film and dials up punt block uh, schemes. Hint, probably for Brendan Schooler or B.J. Foster. And, and goes after punts. Is looking to make game-changing plays on special teams. So what better time then in the opener in a game against a quality opponent that has Vegas dropping the line. Um, why not? What a momentum boost those plays can be. And Jeff Banks is a technician when it comes to coordinating special teams and Dicker, the kicker, everybody's counting on Dicker, the kicker to do it all. He'll be kicking off, kicking field goals, punting. Uh, Hudson Card, by the way, your starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns is the holder. People have asked, why is Hudson Card the holder? Hudson Card's the holder uh, in part because Nick Saban believes that a guy who handles uh, snaps with the football all the time should handle the snap on the, on the field goal and point after touchdowns. So Steve Sarkeesian brings that from Alabama Tua Tagovailoa was the holder. So was Mac Jones at Alabama and now Hudson card. All right. Love it or leave it. Number two. I don't know how many of these will do, but love it or leave it. Number two, you think Saturday's game will be low scoring. Love it or leave it. I'm going to love this. I believe the line right now, the over under line is 58 points. And I would take the under now. Don't listen to anything I say, because I've been known to be called the kiss of death. My fantasy football team is called the kisses of death, but here's why I think this game will be low scoring and under the total both defenses are veteran units and even though texas is breaking in a new scheme under pete kwiatkowski i think pete kwiatkowski knows how to keep things simple for his players while making it look complicated for the opposing offense and will be able to make the adjustments needed and Louisiana, remember, is a veteran defense. They play with an odd front, and they mix pressure really well. Patrick Tony, the defensive coordinator, does a really nice job of mixing things up and trying to keep the offense off balance. So I'm going to love a low-scoring game here. And Pekwikowski is a guy who at Washington 
had defenses for five straight years that limited the opponent to under 20 points per game for an entire season. And now he's got the defensive front or a defensive front, the depth to get pressure, I think, and contain a guy like Levi Lewis, who can, can be a problem uh, with his legs. And, and let's be honest, if there are some missteps by an offense that is playing two quarterbacks and trying to get its rhythm and timing down for the first time in a real game against a quality opponent, the Texas defense is going to have to possibly clean up or help erase some mistakes. And so I think the Texas defense, uh, and that kind of leads me into my third love it or leave it, and then we'll throw in a bonus. The Texas defense will carry the Texas football team at least through the first two games of the season, love it or leave it. And I'm going to love this for a lot of the same reasons I just said, but I, I would encourage everyone to go to our Horns 24-7 flagship podcast page and find the interview with Rick Neuheisel from this summer. Rick Neuheisel tried to hire Pete Kwiatkowski at UCLA as Neuheisel's defensive coordinator. Pete Kwiatkowski said, no thanks. Pete Kwiatkowski, loyal to Chris Peterson as a defensive assistant, both at Boise and then at Washington, and highly successful. Part of the reason Kwiatkowski is, is so admired, praised by his peers is he does a great job of mixing his fronts, his pressures. You don't know if he's bringing the house or dropping eight. He'll be in and out of three-man fronts, four-man fronts. He'll use a, a buck and jack uh, end in his scheme, or he'll use two stand-up defensive ends at a time and play with with two interior linemen and the reason he was so successful in snuffing the air raid offenses in the pack 12 is because he's able to find ways to pressure the quarterback with three while leaving eight in coverage. And one team source told me this week, the guy simply has great feel for when to change things up. And so I'm going to love that the Texas defense is going to have to most likely carry this football team for the first two weeks of the season. And until this offense figures out its rhythm, figures out how it's going to play uh, its quarterback position, uh, as of right now, Steve Sarkeesian says Hudson Card will start. Casey Thompson will play and will reevaluate after week one. 
So, and that leads me uh, to my final. I'm not going to spend a lot of time before I get to the final love it or leave it. I'm not going to spend a, a lot of time on the quarterback situation because even though Steve Sarkeesian hasn't done this typically as, as a head coach where he's willing to play or playing two quarterbacks in a game, he typically picks one and goes from there. I still feel like Steve Sarkeesian, his feel, his play calling uh, deserves the benefit of the doubt based on everything we've seen from Steve Sarkeesian. Certainly in the last four years, uh, his two years at Alabama winning the national championship last season and with the Atlanta Falcons when he helped Julio Jones to one of his best seasons and the Falcons offense. Uh, was explosive. So I, I still think you give Steve Sarkeesian the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. So I'm excited to see what Hudson Card does under the lights. We didn't get to see him very much last year, two games, one of three passing for five yards. Uh, Casey Thompson, we have seen. Uh, in seven games of action in his three years at Texas last year, he completed 71% of his passes, six touchdowns, no picks. And of course led Texas to points on all five of his drives in the Alamo bowl, new offense for both quarterbacks and both finished fall camp, strong, excited, excited to see this. Now, uh, obviously we can play the what if game, but I'm just not in the mood to play the what if game. If, you know, one outperforms the other. Um, let's just let it play out. Let's see how it looks. And we'll all play Monday morning, Sunday morning quarterback after Saturday's game at 3.30 on Fox at DKR. All right, last, love it or leave it. The number one new attraction on Bevo Boulevard will be not the Ferris wheel, not big Birtha, but zip lining. How about that? Zip lining on Bevo Boulevard? This could be fun if they set it up right. But I'm going to leave this because it is supposed to be a thousand degrees on Saturday, 3.30 in the afternoon. I have talked to some fans who said, yeah, I'm going to watch this one on TV. So I'm going to leave that zip lining will be the number one new attraction. And I'll go with Big Beertha, the paddy wagon full of beer taps that will be rolling up to fans like the ice cream truck used to roll up to your neighborhood. And hopefully, Fans will be drinking some water along with that uh, nice cold, ice cold cerveza. But yeah, big Birtha, it sounds like a pretty good idea. Instead of everyone having to go find a beer stand, big Birtha just comes rolling up. I, I don't think big, big Birtha is going to get, I don't think it's going to be able to move. I, I mean, once it stops, I think fans are just going to be mobbing that thing uh, from, uh, from the beginning. 
All right. Listen, Hope Taylor Estes is feeling better. And make sure that you're checking out all of our podcasts on uh, the flagship pod platform. You can find it Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts, as well as on the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out because earlier this week, I interviewed Joel Klatt, Fox College football analyst, and he even gave a nugget. If you were paying attention or if you haven't watched it yet, I'm going to give you this nugget and, and then go make sure you watch or listen to that interview because he gives you a ton of great stuff in there about how he tried to get Steve Sarkeesian uh, to be the Colorado coach in 2020, the job that went to Carl Durrell and, and also mentioned when I asked him, which, you know, when's the next time he's coming to Austin, he said for the Oklahoma state game, which I believe is October 16th. And he said, if I'm coming to the game, it's a noon game, Eastern 11 AM central. And I don't think Texas has posted when that game is going to be because of course they have to wait on the TV partners to decide when they uh, they have to wait for the TV partners to decide when they're going to pick up a game. So anyway, there are more reasons than that to listen to the interview with Joel Klatt, but check out all of the, the great interviews, the, the interview with Rick Neuheisel, which uh, was fantastic, Joel Klatt. And make sure you're paying attention on Thursday when we also release our preview podcast uh, when I speak with Raymond Parch, who longtime insider for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Um, so if you want to know everything there is to know about Louisiana leading up to Saturday's game, you keep it right here on the Horns 24-7 flagship podcast and also on the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. For Taylor Estes, my fallen comrade this week, I am Chip Brown. And until next time right here on the flagship podcast, stay safe and keep the faith. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.